Thank you for listening to the Roundtable Consult, where we discuss political and social issues that matter to you from a spiritual, medical, and legal perspective. Join the conversation with your host, Attorney Sonia Madison and Dr. Mark Williams. Welcome to the Roundtable Consult. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Williams, and I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, Attorney Sonia Madison. Sonia, good morning to you. I was just going to say, I know you smell it so big because you're still celebrating the new justice I mean, I know she hasn't been sworn in yet, but Kentanji <laughs> Brown Jackson has been confirmed and it is a, a, a week of celebration. Does it really matter? What, <laughs> maybe not to you, but to I'm, me, just, it why. matters why matter? so much. To me, it matters so much. I mean, putting aside the fact that she's extremely qualified and we definitely need that with the Supreme Court. I know I've talked endlessly about how the Supreme Court has become political in terms of their decision-making. And so to have someone who's got not only the background as a public defender, which is extremely new for the court, um, also again, has been a judge for numerous amounts of years, has practiced on the appellate courts, and, and it's gonna take that experience and bring it to the court, as well as the experience of, of a black woman, which is also new to the court. Yes, I think that is going to make the court a lot more reflective of what America is today. A lot more reflective. A lot more, yes. Because right now, <laughs> a lot more reflective. <laughs> or, or maybe I should just say more reflective. You look at you correcting my grammar. I said what I said. I'm <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. With your black woman attitude. <laughs> I said what I said. Ooh, I can't wait to get into our topic today. <laughs> but but I take it you're not excited about this monumental moment. Would you have been one Absolutely. of the Republicans that walked out? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, I'm excited about it. Um, I'm of the mindset that um, representation is everything. And and I'm not talking about representation just from a legal standpoint. I'm saying from a visual standpoint. Um, people who often criticize Obama for not doing anything for the Black community, my response is that his mere presence there and occupying that position and people seeing him as the most powerful man in the world and still carrying himself with the utmost level of dignity and diplomacy that the office requires did more for the black community than almost anything. Um, Thurgood Marshall's appointment to this uh, Supreme Court had a tremendous um, impact. Like him or not, Clarence Thomas's appointment to the spring Supreme Court had a huge impact. And now for my black sisters, um, Ketanji Brown Jackson's appointment will have a huge impact, just like Kamala Brown's election as vice president, really. Kamala Harris. Helps Kamala Harris. What did I say? Brown. Kamala Brown. Uh, Kamala Harris. I'm thinking about the skin color. That's the. <laughs> but it, but yeah, it does make a difference. It makes a difference, uh, even if legislatively it doesn't make a difference. It makes an impact on us mentally, and it projects an image that I think can't do anything but to help propel black people and inspire black people to know that they can achieve. It's still difficult, no doubt about it. It still will be met with much opposition by people who who like the status quo in the old America, but it's a huge impact, period. Uh, I don't know that it will make a big impact legislatively, but it's she's there. Congratulations to her. <laughs> Congratulations to every black woman in America, because you just got a huge come up. 
And, and your point about much opposition, again, I was watching those hearings and I, I know that you and I may differ, but from my standpoint, they were extremely discriminatory. They were um, extremely offensive. And again, it, it showed the, the amount of opposition that she received despite being extremely qualified. Every time a Republican said, I mean, she's extremely qualified, she will be great for the country, but I just can't vote for her. I was like, that is the definition of racism right there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, the oppression that, that she received, but, and, and, and I, I kind of kid with my mom a little bit, but, you know, I, I'm extremely happy for this moment, but it is also exhausting to think, man, you got to be triple times as, as good and qualified to get to where she is. And, and while, yes, you know, we, we've kind of accepted that it's also an exhausting thing to accept. I mean, that's why a lot of people don't continue to to push through and so I, it's it's also commending to her that she continued to persevere it's been interesting that some of the republicans have been saying well democrats have been blocking our efforts to put a black woman on the court for a while i'm like i'm sorry I, i've missed that <laughs> when have you you had two two chances just within the last administration put aside the last however many times you you've had the the opportunity to do so but even just looking at the last administration you had two apples and you chose to banter to the racist bigots that were in your base and and, and not go that route out the I gate mean, this morning out huh? the gate out the gate because let's call the spade a spade i mean you had opportunities to put a black woman and you chose not to so to now come with this narrative that actually it's the democrats that have been the one discriminated against putting a, a black woman on the court is is outrageous. But still, celebrating this moment, so glad that that we finally got to it. Oh, well, I'm glad. I'm glad you have this moment. I'm really glad, it, and I'm going to let you. <laughs> well, you have this, this moment, moment too. <laughs> as long as you like, we, to, you know. We yes, have this moment. <laughs> we have this moment. We have this, but this is especially uh, a, a poignant moment for you, and uh, I'm sure as a black lawyer, a female lawyer. And for black women, probably is still even more poignant of a moment uh, than it is for black men, which is much more, I'm sure, important than it is for a lot of white men and white women. So uh, we all have our reasons for really wanting to celebrate this uh, momentous occasion. I saw a, a post where they had just these little um, icons. They were sort of like, uh, um, what do you call them? Avatars or something like that of white men, faceless white men. You know, it had like 180 or however many Supreme Court justices were there. And then all of a sudden you see one that was a black man, avatar outlined faceless. And then another couple, you know, uh, 10 or 12 more white men and then, uh, you know, a woman and then a couple other white men and then another black man. And then, you know, it just kept going and it ended finally with this avatar of a dark skinned woman with braids. And, uh, you know, didn't have a caption to it, but we all understood what it really meant. And it was just that, um, you know, out of the number of Supreme Court justices that we've had, and I don't remember, I don't know exactly what that number is, since the founding of this country, it's taken a long time to get here. But thank God almighty, <laughs> we have made it. We have climbed. I have seen the mountaintop. So. <laughs> what was actually also funny, and we can move on from there, but um, when Clarence Thomas was reported in the hospital, I think some of us were like, gosh, can we replace him? <laughs> yeah, because to your point, he has an impact. He has an impact. <laughs> good and bad, you know, probably more bad yeah. than good, but he has yeah. an impact. But yeah. we're also like, can we trade him in now? <laughs> yeah. I we'll know you probably, want to, you probably want to trade him in for several reasons, you know, not just his political uh, preferences, but his spousal preferences. Well, hopefully you would not agree with having a spouse that wants to overthrow the government. Well, yeah, that's the reason why. So now you got a, a, a more legitimate reason to despise her, huh? I, no, hey, I appreciate hey, that. I'm like, if, if, if 
with Clarence Thomas, yes, you you could uh, no black she woman can have him, probably. Huh? Yeah, she can have him. She can have him. <laughs> she can have him. <laughs> now, isn't that putting us into such a monolithic group to assume that no black woman would want him? Come on, now, really? <laughs> yes, you're right. You're right. That is wrong because I'm sure Candace Owens would love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to yeah. Have right. Exactly. <laughs> We had a viewer says, if it's the Lord's will to take him, who am I to question? <laughs> I bet a lot of people thought there, that, you know, there. the reality of it is, is, you know, I had to check myself like, now what would happen if he died? Well, that's the thing. I don't want him to die. You just retire. <laughs> just retire. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I did not want any ill will to happen to, just like I did not want any ill will to happen to Will Smith when exactly. the Academy landed on their decision. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, um, you know, I, I've seen, I think it's probably time to lay that to rest a little bit too with Will Smith. Mm -hmm. But one other thing that I did, um, I agree with him. And I wanted to clarify, I've been very critical of what he did, not necessarily will. And I've been very critical of people who applaud what he did. Again, still not will himself. He has never applauded it. I think Jada did on a little clamp on a clap right afterwards. He was a little happy about it. And I will criticize her for that. But I saw a post this past week uh, in uh, support of Will saying, listen, the man made one mistake. He spent an entire career really exemplifying black excellence and the entertainment industry has been married to the same woman, regardless of what you might think about their marriage, you know, uh, for God knows how many years, what, 20 years or something like that or whatever it was and has raised his children and has sown into his children's lives. He has been a good example to the black community in one moment of lapse of judgment and one emotional moment of lapse judgment. He shouldn't discard his entire body of good that he's done for the one bad mistake or one bad incident. And I agree wholeheartedly with that. So I just wanted to Will, so you know that we still cool. I, you know, I, I would, I would, you know, when I called you last week, I told you that you were wrong uh, for doing that. So, you know, we still cool. So I didn't want to put that out there. You know, I'm I gonna say it's funny like, when I say it, it goes one and the other. But then someone writes a real win article, and now Mark I've never like, disagreed. You know Listen, I've never disagreed with that. I never. I've, I have never you you can go back and look at all my posts or anything else. I have never criticized Will for his body. I did say that that is not the way to protect it, and it wasn't because Will wasn't defend wasn't the one defending that this is protecting your woman. My my argument was that that's not the way to protect your your woman, and and I think Will agrees with that that that's not the the best way to protect uh, to protect your woman. Uh, I'm just concerned when I see so many people saying, hey, yeah, kudos, that's what he should have done. He should have done harder. I would have done a closed fist. I was like, come on, people, really? You'd have jeopardized much more than that. And so that's the part that I was criticizing more than anything. And it certainly does not protect your woman to put the entire body of work that you've done over the past 20, 30 years, however long he's been doing this at jeopardy because of one moment. So. So I yeah, did I mean, just again, need to clarify that. <laughs> I, I, hopefully we all agree that the delivery was wrong. But I, but I do think there becomes a conversation of should he have reacted at all? Or, and, and like you said, how do, how do you protect your, your spouse or your family when you find yourself in a situation where you feel like they've been um, offended or mistreated? And so <clears throat> maybe we'll have to put that on the podcast one day. But, you know, if I am hurt by a, by a situation and you know, I don't, I don't want my spouse sitting there like, suck it up, move on. <laughs> you know? your, your theoretical spouse. Your yes. theoretical spouse. <laughs> or, hey. or I should say, or my cousin <laughs> looking over at me like, Sonia, suck it up. <laughs> but added in for family. <laughs> now, your cousin might say that, though. <laughs> hey, but, but uh, can I say today that your hair looks absolutely lovely? You know, that's the thing. You're able to say that, but you know, then the follow up is, what do I look like any other day? 
see the, the follow-up should be, why, thank you, Mark. I'm glad that you noticed. <laughs> see, this is the problem. This, let's get on into our subject let's for let's today. Let's get on the topic. <laughs> let's get on the topic. Interesting. So we- You've got these beautiful curls today, and, and I like it. Um, I had the opportunity to um, – I got a huge endorsement from a uh, – from a um, uh, a well-known country music artist this week. And um, one of the things she said in that endorsement, it was a public endorsement that made me a little uncomfortable because she started off, she said, this black ENT, <laughs> you know, and it was in a room full of white people. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> Right, this black, you black first. You're I mean, she said it so strongly like this black ENT. <laughs> like, oh my God. I said, but yeah, come on, come on with it. <laughs> but I loved how unapologetically pro-black she is. This is a country music singer, uh, Mickey Guyton. And she uh, she wrote this song, or I don't know if she record, she didn't write it, I don't think, but she recorded this song some years ago called Love My Hair. <clears throat> and I thought it was really pretty timely that, you know, I just had an opportunity to interact with her and she gave me this huge in public endorsement, you know, the best ENT. And I'm like, oh, sweet. How nice of you. And then in the middle of it, she's just unapologetically black, period. She's unapologetically black in everything she says and does. And I'm like, wow, how do you how do you do that with that level of courage on that level and in that platform in a genre where, you know, we typically don't dominate, but she's not afraid to open her mouth and speak out about it. I think if you go to her Instagram page, something she says that she's the baby mama and wife who's who will not just shut up and sing. I was like, all right, go, girl, <laughs> will not just shut up and sing. And, and and I love that. I like that. But, you know, that's sometimes stereotypical of, quote unquote, black women. And, and the question is, is should we be apologetically black? Should we be apologetically pro-black? Uh, or should we remain, you know, just say, hey, listen, I'm black and I'm proud. Say it out loud. And, um, <laughs> you know, I really like her. I, just, I think she um, recently had a song called Black Like Me or, or um, and, and I shouldn't say recently. I think this song recently just blew up following the whole George Floyd um, incident mm. and whatnot, um, because I think the song's been out for a while. But she has talked publicly a lot about how difficult it has been being in the genre that she's chosen. And um, she mentioned one time, I think she was on The View, and she said that she was talking to her husband, which I think her husband is white, and was asking him, why do you think that I am not progressing as much as you know other artists in this genre? And he said, well, because you sometimes are not being your authentic self. And in that vein, she kind of thought about, you know, first of all, I am in a unique position. I do experience the hurdles by being in this unique position in this genre. And so then to your point, it was like, why am I not unapologetically embracing the struggles as well as the joy and, and, you know, greatness that is her in, in, in in the position of being a Black female in a genre that is predominantly held by white people because I'm not even saying white men I mean because there's a lot of successful white women in the country music genre so so yeah to your your point I mean I I really do like her and like how she is unapologetic about what she embraced I think we should all just be unapologetically who you are and some part of who you are is having to overcome the struggles and the hurdles that you go through I mean we talk about Clarence Thomas all the time but as much as his opinions read as if he may not understand the plight of Black people, you read his book and he's very articulate about how he did experience racism growing up and, and how even now, not now, but he, he mentioned that he doesn't even like to hang up his Yelp degree, which he may hang it up now. <clears throat> but the time I read the book, sorry, he was saying he didn't like to hang it up because he, he just had such a bad experience at Yale being in the in the position as being you know one of probably two or three black people or maybe the only black person at the school so yeah, yeah be unapologetically <laughs> you and also you know share 
you know, the struggles you've gone through because it does build who you are, does make you who you are, and, and it increases your strength. Yeah, I, um, uh, by the way, her husband is, I think he's mixed ethnicity. So he is biracial. I'm not sure what the two are, but he was, I think he was born in Hawaii. I don't know what his parents were like, but I think he was actually was adopted too, for that matter. But that aside, yeah, that aside, um, that's a strong encouragement for for you know to to know that you you got your spouse behind you who's saying listen go get out there be who you are and and you know and and i'm with you i got your back to catch all the windfall that you may get from uh from doing something like that as well so um kudos to him and kudos to her for both uh standing up for something it's interesting that you said that about clarence thomas because i was the second african-american male to graduate from the university of cincinnati with the md phd in their md phd program and you would think that that was decades and de- well, actually it was decades ago i was gonna say <laughs> you are old <laughs> <laughs> It was You're two not decades. 20. <laughs> it, was, it was only two decades ago, but still, <laughs> it still was only two decades ago. And it's interesting. Um, while I do have, uh, I'm really grateful for that. You know, I wonder how much I don't really promote or strongly support you know, the university of that I graduated from, <laughs> I won't mention the name on here, but, um, it's not that I'm anti them, but I don't feel a kindred relationship to the university necessarily. And I wonder how much of that is because of, uh, some of the covert hostility. If these types of institutions, you felt like they really embraced you and supported you and your efforts, <clears throat> um satisfactorily that you would actually be a little bit more alleged to them and you know it's 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 an interesting perspective one that i have to look at to find out if i felt like they really had my back as a black man or if it's just a matter of saying hey you know we need to check one off here and so you you you'll do at this point um because i think there's one thing to be one of my former pastors said you need to go where you're celebrated and not just tolerate it And a lot of times, I think it was a comedian who said, um, America treats black people like they treat pennies. (laughs) You know, they'd be like, you know, you got to have them. But when you get more than four or five of them together, you you know, you start causing trouble uh, and you start getting strange looks. And and it's I think that's a problem because I don't think black lives are celebrated as much in America as they should be. I don't think black lives and blackness is celebrated enough, even within the black community as it should be, because uh, there was no reason why I should feel uncomfortable about someone complimenting me and starting that compliment off saying this black ENT. And I'm like, oh, my God, don't tell everybody I'm black. You know, know, if we consciously think about it, that's not what you're doing. You you, you won't say don't tell anybody I'm black. Obviously, you wouldn't do that. But there's something I think that's so deeply ingrained in us that we we almost want to be apologetic about our blackness. And um, I I don't know how how do we overcome that other than being in those situations where we feel uncomfortable about it acknowledging our lack of comfort and doing something to overcome that discomfort, uh, something active to overcome that discomfort. You know, it's funny you say that because I often hear, particularly from Olympians, but athletes that become the first, that they don't want it to always be, oh, you're the first black gymnast to win the all around, or you're the first black tennis player to win this award. I mean, they often are like, I just want to be a great athlete without having my race kind of be the one that propels me or defines me in this sport. And, and, you know, to your point, I don't think there is a shame for being black, but I think because, and this is again, just is my opinion, not facts, but I think because of the connotation that comes with, you know, whether it's in school or not with being black is, is as if, okay, you're not articulate. You're not, um, 
proper in your English or you're not uh, professional. I mean, there, there's, there's so many of these negative stereotypes that then people put that in their, their brain and say, well, you know, it's when you're saying, oh, this is the first black person to reach this, it's almost like you're saying, oh, because it rarely happens because black people aren't as, you know, strong in this area or not as smart in this area. You know, you kind of either don't conform to what a black person is or you're exceptional despite being black. And, I, and, and to your point, I think we, we need to talk about that because, you know, we're not only putting down a race of people based on these negative stereotypes, but as, as we, there's a lot of hidden talents that are in black people that may not be put out there because all these labels about what it means to be black is pretty much distracting them and thrown in their face and it's hindering their ability to see, no, you are great. And Hey, go explore, go see where your talents lies versus being, you know, hovered or sheltered and all those negative connotations. But I will say, I don't like that we are, our culture is constantly appropriated by people that are not black that then take things that we do and then use it to then, you know, make money off of. And, and that frequently happens. And I only say that because, you know, in that vein, they'll say, well, we're celebrating the blackness. No, what you're doing is you're saying, hey, instead of propelling someone who does, and we talked about this on the show about the TikTok dancers, you know, pretty much saying they're going to protest or, or strike against TikTok because the the white people or the non-black people are getting accelerated using dance moves that they're doing. Hey, I don't want that to happen. No, you take the, the original artist and propel them versus, okay, well, let's put a white face on it and then we'll propel the art. You, you spoke exactly what one of our viewers said, says blackness is not celebrated, but immensely imitated. <clears throat> said, weird. We're so dope. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, there's a saying that says imitation is the highest form of flattery. And are we are we making too big of a deal out of it when we see other people imitating us? It's one thing, I guess you don't want to be a plagiarist or anything like that, but give them credit where, where credit I bet is. I say you're too. not giving them the credit, yeah. And we see that yeah. a lot of times in music, particularly looking at it historically, we see the Elvis being propelled when you've had so many Black musicians doing all that well before his time that we're not celebrated and, and didn't receive the same amount of, I guess, like money or fame or whatever that they should have gotten. So again, it's, it's, I know you're saying, well, you know, it's flattery, but at the same time, it's still, it's still an oppression because you're saying, Hey, you can't do it, but I can do it. So give me your work and I do it and you remain in the shadow and I get paid for it. And we're being pimped. They're pimping our blackness. <laughs> pimping our blackness, the viewer says. Hey, so somebody else brings up the point here. They say that the uh, Supreme Court just recently passed uh, a ruling uh, uh, about black women wearing their natural hair and not being able to be discriminated against. Uh, you familiar with that? I'm not familiar with the ruling, but I know that there's been a lot of legislation wow, around I'm it. I'm surprised by... about that one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know, right? I, I got to go look up the ruling. But there has been what's called the Crown Act that a lot of states have looked at, and I think it's actually even gone to some federal legislation as well, dealing with hair, because there has been a lot of discrimination as it relates to hair. And I know that was going to be part of our topic, but it's from my standpoint, and, and I know you're going to say, well, you're just from a Black woman. If you were a Black man, you may say differently. It Hair is different for women than it is for men. And um, I feel like you know, while yes, black men can wear the dreads or they can um, do the jerry curl or do rock with your rock and it would not, when a woman does it, I think it just adds even more layer of discrimination in the workplace. Yeah, I, you know, and, and again, you're speaking of personal opinion and <laughs> yeah. which, <laughs> which, which based those on opinions are based, based on the, those opinions are based on experiences. Some of those experiences are external. Some of those experience are, experiences are internalized. I mean, there, there are a lot of women who think that black men discriminate against women with natural hair. And oh, I happen do. to... 
I happen to disagree with that. I happen to disagree with that. You said yourself, it needs to be laid. Whatever that means, it needs to be laid. Let me me explain to you. Let me explain to you something, Black women, about Black men. (laughs) Is that Black men typically do know what they like, even if you don't know what they like. And if you presume to know what they like, you probably should ask them what they like. And then after you've asked them what they like, believe what they say. <laughs> you know, that's the problem. Because here's, here's the deal. Today, I asked, I complimented your hair. And your response was this. It was like, so what does that mean about the other days? No, the response is, listen to the compliment that I'm giving internalize the compliment that I'm giving (laughs) and receive it, receive it and internalize it. Don't let the compliment I give be shaded or jaded by all of the, 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 the decades and perhaps centuries of, of taunting and, and, uh, disrepute or disregard or uh, criticism or uh, insult, whatever the word is I'm looking for, uh, that you may have received in the past about it. We are living in a new day, I think. We're living in a new day where certain things are much more appealing to black men than they were years ago. They're not just to black men, but to people in general. I think white people are just fascinated with black hair. When when a white person gets fascinated with black hair, black women often get offended by that. I'm like, why? They have a genuine infatuation with this and say, man, I wish I could do some of this kind of stuff with my hair. Yeah, and so I can appropriate it and make money like Kim Kardashian does, right? No, why don't we make the money from it? Why don't <laughs> we make the money from it? That's the whole point. We're not, they're not taking our money. They don't want us to be the one making the money from it. I think that's the whole thing. We have opportunity to do it. We have been wearing the styles that Kim Kardashian has been wearing for years, but we're not the ones receiving the money. She gets the money for it. (laughs) So that's my my point. (laughs) But I did want to, I did want to, first of all, of course, you know, I was kidding at the beginning, but Uh I will say, first of all, the Crown Act, a lot of this legislation has been um, pushed for a reason because there is a problem with um, how Black people are treated in the workplace based on their hair. And so when you talk about all this fascination, well, this fascination is getting me fired. I need you not to be fascinated with my hair. I need you to not use that as your tool because there are, as an employment lawyer, there are some employers that do have policies related to how you have your hair. And they have allowed those policies to, again, disproportionately um, affect the employment of Black people, which we should all agree is wrong, but it's not illegal. And that's why some of that legislation has been pushed off. But I will add for my personal experience, I have dated uh, predominantly black men and I have had some of them say, you know, exclusively, you you don't know that. You don't know that. You never dated anybody Um, white. I know that. I have had some of them say, Sonia, can I contribute to your hair fund? As if to say, I don't like this natural style that you're going with. So why don't I add to the fund so we can get this hair straight? Let me ask you this question before you said that. Let me ask you this question. Did you ask him? If that's what he implied, or or did you just presume that's what he implied? First of all, the fact that you're asking to contribute to my hair fund is an issue. Because you're saying you don't like how I've chosen to do my own hair. So you want to okay. pay so that I can have someone else do it. Okay. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> you so, see my beard today? <laughs> you see my beard today? My, my beard is blacker than it has been in a long time. And the reason why is because my wife has said she does not approve of the gray show, the beard being as long as it is with the gray in it. She has a right to be able to say, I disapprove of the current style that you have. And if you if you disapprove of it, the most logical thing to do next is to say, let me offer to help change it or do something different with it. We all have our different preferences. But the fact I mean, that you're comparing gray hair, something that affects all people, not just black people, but all people to um, straight hair, that is really predominantly an issue when black men. And then you said that, well, black men, we actually like the natural. And I just gave you an example of a guy who did not like the natural so, and wanted so me to, to take do, my hair out know. of its natural state and straighten it. You, you know? don't know. Do, uh, do you know that that's what he wanted you to do was to straighten yes, it? Yes, because or he said it in the context. Did he wanted you to straighten it? 
let me tell you the context. So I just gotten my hair straightened and he was like, oh, I really like this. And I was, and I explained, well, I do not do this very often. It's expensive for one. Um, but again, I've been dating him for a while. So he saw that I predominantly wore my hair natural or I put like um, extensions in it because I, I like to have protective styles. And so, yes, the context was, hey, I like this. If this is if money is the issue, let me contribute to that fund so that I can see your hair like this more often than not. I don't see a problem with that. Some people, <laughs> some people, some people like straight but, but hair. Some people it, like curly it, hair. Some people like gray again, hair. Some people like red hair. Some people like purple against hair. Your whole earlier point about oh how men really like the natural hair, but also, and I think this is we'll have to talk about this even more. One of the reasons that I think black men don't realize. It, it, it's damaging to our hair to constantly straight, straighten it. And so while you're saying, hey, I like what I like and I should just have a woman that wants to continuously straighten her hair, you're not recognizing that that does damage her hair. <laughs> and again, we all, I don't want to be defined by the fact that my hair is curly or straight. Um, you're not defined by it, but you can be described by it. Um, I mean, the, the bottom line is, is that if you're going to describe a person, you use physical traits and characteristics to describe a person. If you're going to be attracted to a person, physically attracted to a person, you're going to use physical traits and attributes to 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 describe or to define that attraction. So some people might like curly hair. Some people might like straight. Some people might like long, short, red, purple, green, black, whatever. I, for example, if I see a woman with green hair or red hair, I'm like, no, step. Can I contribute to your fun to, to get your hair back <laughs> to its natural let's color? To, let's stick to natural versus people Let's talk about natural. Choosing, let's talk choosing about natural to alter versus and all that. Because again, the, the question is, uh, let's, let's, let's be fair. For the most part, and I know you, you, you're probably not going to concede to this, but for the most part, Let's let's acknowledge that black men like the hair straight and, and society in general. And I'm not even just saying black men. Society in general prefers women to wear their hair straight. And I'm going to say all women. They prefer all women to wear their hair straight because I, I was watching a special on GMA where um, some white women who had their hair curled said that they were treated differently than when they had their hair straight. So let's just say for the most part, society likes their likes the women wear hair straight. Now we know that that's a little bit more difficult for black people in particular because our hair is not naturally straight. And again, when you straighten it, if you're putting chemicals in it, that does damage to your hair. If you're, even if you're not putting chemicals in it, heat itself does damage to your hair. Pooling does damage to your hair. So for the most part, we, and, and Chris Rock did a whole documentary on it, hair, particularly for Black women, is like a $9 billion industry because we are constantly trying to do so much to appease society, which includes Black men. And so if we're then honest about it, then let's talk about, okay, what is it as a Black man that you don't appreciate the natural hair of a Black woman? Oh, I'm glad you asked. Now, will you listen? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yes, the world is listening for you We're to represent good. all black men. Go ahead. Me, I'm not going to represent all black men. I'm not going to represent all black men. What I will say is that most of the black men that I know and that I have asked this question to prefer, would prefer a woman to wear, a black woman to wear her natural hair styled nicely than to wear a weave. Um. And, but yet, still, there's so many black women who refuse to wear their natural weave, I mean, their natural hair <laughs> styled nicely, than to put in a big, long, curly, you know, fake looking weave. Nobody, men don't, black men don't want that most of the time. And and I hear I hear your argument on the in the past. You've said you know we see people. You ask people who do they think are attractive, and they'll say something like Beyonce or Rihanna or something. And you're like, don't you see that they got all that weave? Yeah, that's what they might find attractive. That's not what they want their woman wearing. They want their women to be their authentic self, just like. Uh, Mickey Guyton's husband said, be your authentic self. But I also do want you to be well kept and <laughs> to be kept. And so the, the point is, is that, yes, it may take a little bit more effort to do some of that, to get it to that style. But 
the reality is, is that you're doing this. If you put a weave in your hair, you're doing that for yourself. You're not doing that because this is this is what you think men or what men really want. It might be what you think men want, but it's not really what men want. Men want women to be their natural selves. I wish you would have asked those same men. Okay, well, tell me, who do you find attractive? And gave me the list of names they said they their find wives. attractive. Their wives. Their wives. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so. And so, as, so, and so, and so because is that, that not the because highest? Again, because that's, is, that's the, again, the part of the conversation is who is it that you are finding attractive? And, 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 and I will put this, put celebrities out because there are plenty of celebrities who wear their hair in their natural state, but those names are the ones that are not going to be listed or that are not listed when it comes to, when you ask a black man, who, who do you find attractive? They're not listing the Viola Davis or they're not, men, you know, and so, but they are listing the Beyonce and the Rihanna's. And so that's, that's, I'm just saying, let's be honest and have an honest conversation about it. And when you say, oh, well, it'll just take a few, just a little bit more effort. You don't appreciate how much time it takes <laughs> to to have your hair and it straightened or to have your hair even like, because again, if you wear Afro, we know that that's not something that is a well, acceptable in the workplace, acceptable in the society as well. But it's also not something that we see a lot of Black men, their spouses wear, the big Afro. And even when it's a small, you know, little buzz cut, you get the Chris Rocks that makes fun of it. So, I mean, <laughs> I just kind of threw that out there. But but I'm just saying it takes a lot. It is not just for Black men that we do our hair. It's for society, being in the workplace. It, that's why the, the Crown Act is a, a legislation that people are pushing because there's discrimination. When I, I remember when I transitioned to just wear natural, I got looks in the workplace. I, and me and another colleague, we used to joke like, I know they're thinking you didn't even try. Actually, I did try but my hair will often do what it's going to do. <laughs> and after I've put time and attention to it, and unless I'm going to a stylist spending two, $300 to get it done every so like two or two, every two weeks or so, which again, is a lot of money being drained. If I'm having to do it myself, you know, it's going to do what it does sometimes. But apparently so you're going to you, get offended you when your man, that. but apparently you're going to get offended when your man actually offers to be the one to yes, pay for that. Yes, because I'm like, you so. don't enjoy this natural state that I've been giving you it for the past couple of weeks. Honestly, <laughs> so, no, yeah. can I tell you, can I tell you the, the, the reality for men? And that is that men really don't pay that much attention to hair and your style and everything as long as it's done well and it looks nice on you that's all that really for the most part really matters in most cases whether you have long hair short hair or whatever that's primarily what men say i just want you to look pretty pretty look pretty <laughs> for me and and what happens is that often uh, you think that what we want in a person that we want to engage on a deep, intimate level with is not really what we want. Um, for example, you know, I said the people that I talk to, most of them are married. They don't want their wives wearing weaves. They don't want that. They want their wives to be, they might have a fantasy that might be looking, but you don't want to be some man's just fantasy, fleeting fantasy. You want to be some man's long-term partner, lifelong partner. And when he wants a lifelong partner, he's going to look for the woman who is authentically her and who cares about her appearance, who cares enough to put in the time and the effort to make herself look presentable. Now, for some people, I, I wonder I sometimes I'm like, wow, you could never be my wife wearing your hair like that. <laughs> you know, you couldn't. He said it, that to me a couple of times, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't. You really couldn't. I mean, I'm fine. One of the one of my wife's favorite styles, one of my favorite styles for my wife to wear is for her to just simply pull her hair back and put it in a ponytail. I think she looks gorgeous that way. My wife will not do that. And when she does do it, she's like, oh, I got to hurry up and do something with my hair. I got to get. It. And I'm like, what's wrong with it? Just pull it back. I love it that way. But if the women would listen to the men in their lives to say, I like your hair like this, I think they can actually prevent themselves of having a whole lot of extra stress of having to take care of it. It's the black women that always want to go in and change a different style. We see you with a different style every week. Why? 
Why? <laughs> just wear your hair like this, Sonya, for like four or five months in a row. And I me, promise let me, you. Let me school you on how they got like, this. I didn't just wake up and curl said, here we are. I mean, this took work too. <laughs> but the point, the point that I'm making is that the point that I'm making is that black women tire of their hairstyle long before the black men do. And when you get a style that is attractive and that your man actually likes, and especially if it's a manageable style, roll with it. Don't don't automatically feel like you have to change it somehow. Now, that's a mentality that women have taken on for themselves. And, and it's an extra burden that they've taken on themselves. And then they want to point it, pour it off, uh, shove it off to be it. I guess because men expect this. No, men don't expect that. Men expect you to look pretty. That's all. Let's be honest. And what pretty the to standards. them is, is very, it varies from person to person. The standards for beauty, for women in general, not even just Black women, but for women in general, the standards for beauty and what it takes for women is a lot, a lot requires a lot more maintenance than for men. And so, yeah, it's easy for you to be like, well, this, I'll stick to this nice beard. I'll keep it dyed here since that's what my wife loves. But do you... If your wife wore a ponytail every day, yeah, at some point you'd be like, "So, are we never gonna switch it up?" <laughs> so, so, I mean, that's that's this. White women do it all. White women do it all the time. Even you know, white women don't wear ponytails every day. I mean, they, they, no, they 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 get their hair listen, done too. That's what I'm so saying. Many, for all so women. many white women have the same style for the past twenty years, every day for the same for the past twenty years. Uh, black women can't go twenty days unless it's a weave that but you pay three hundred dollars for. But I do also want to add, our hair does not weeks. afford us to. Our hair does not afford us to have the same style every day either. Because otherwise, I'd have a crooked afro every day, and then you'd be like, Sonia, we're not even trying to manage that at all, <laughs> you know? Because again, our hair is different than white people here. So yeah, they can wake up, wash it, throw that ponytail, and move on. That's not what's going to happen. I, I have. You can wear I, an afro every we day. We have. We have. Yeah, you'd be like you Sonia again. You can, you can trim it, keep it shaved, and, that's what I'm and saying. whatever else. With our hair, I couldn't even do an effort every day because, again, my hair is not going to fro every day either. I have different, that's why I'm saying black hair is uh, so complicated. I have a different texture in the front of my hair than the back of my hair. And that's <laughs> you the know? reason why you change. And that's the reason why you change the style so often. You, because you tell me I got to do some type of maintenance, so I need to look pretty it's, in some type of way. So then what, if I wake up in my hair saying, okay, we're going to do this. And I'm like, all right, well, now that it's going to do this, how do, let me figure out how should I do my hair today? Or if I, if I need to wash it and I've been, because there, there was been weeks where I'll just walk, have the Afro puff for a minute. But you then sound like I you're justifying. You sound like no, you're I mean, justifying. I'm trying to explain to you how black hair is complicated because you. I want you, to know. I want to, to know the mentality behind simple. it. I, I don't. By no means do I take and that. And I'm approach. saying black hair is not simple. And I'm also saying we often put weave in our hair because, hey, otherwise I am spending hours doing my hair every day. Can I get a break? I put protective styles in my hair because I just need a break sometimes from doing my hair. I'm sure your wife has put weave in her hair and and, not, and I'm sure you have no issue with it, even though I know you're like, I prefer the natural, but when she puts weave in her hair, hopefully you understand it, it's not just about, oh, I'm trying to conform to a white standard. It's also about, hey, my hair needs a protective style because I've been tugging on it for the past whatever, because my husband likes me to have it in a ponytail slick back, which requires me to straighten it and do whatever I need to do. Maybe it's time to give my hair a little rest from the heat, from the chemicals. Let me put a protective style in it and then let it, you know, just grow in its own. All of that. All of that sounds good. And all that's of it. It's not sounding good. I, that's I get truth. it. I get it. I get it. It's true. That's true. That's a portion. That's a portion of the that's reason. True. That's the portion of the reason. But what I want to get to is the psychological reason why black women feel like they need to change their hairstyles so frequently. You find a style that is looks nice on you, that is easily manageable, wear it for three years, I dare you. I dare you. I dare you to tell me a style that's easily manageable because I'm like, that's my point. The one that's most easy. The one that's most easy. The one that's most easily manageable for you. Even what you may think is most, if it requires some heat, some straightness, some relaxing, sometimes you need to take a break. Your hair needs a break from all that. Take your break from that. Take your break from that. 
then come back to that. Okay. <laughs> so then come back to that. The point is, is what you're avoiding saying right now is that you have a psychological reason in your psyche, your psyche, your mind won't allow you to keep that same style for years and years on end. You always want to change it up and do something different about no, it. No, that's what and, you think. And, and I'm telling so. you that is not true. That's what okay. you think. Now, I think so there I'm is trying some, to figure out. Now, now, again, I think there is some psychological stuff, things that we as women go through. Again, when Chris Rock did the documentary, he did it because his three-year-old said, hey, why do I not have good hair? Yes, there's a lot of psychological um, effects that happens with women in their hair. No, and, and I will say women in general, not even just black women, but it's particularly pregnant among black women because our hair naturally is not what society considers as a standard of beauty. So yes, there are some psychological things, but I'm also saying it's not about oh, I just really want to keep changing my hair. It's also about, hey, my hair is requiring change because my hair doesn't have a set style. Mm. <laughs> and, mm. and then again, it, the set style may be a, a conflated afro a little bit or, or maybe, you know, tangled curls or whatnot. But there, black hair is way complicated. I hear you. But there's not very many black women that I know who will find a simple style or rel simple. <laughs> relatively, relatively simple style, one relative more simple than the other styles that she has, that she wears it and when she wears it, it looks nice on her. And that is not damaging to her hair. It may or may not necessarily be damaging to her hair. I know women who have had perms in their hair all their life and they don't have any problems with that. It's, it varies from person to person. I get that. I acknowledge yes. that. But every person can find a style that looks nice on them and is hopefully a little bit more manageable than some of the other styles. And when they find that style, why do they not just keep that for five years? Well, and that's the thing, when they find it. And so until they find it, yes, we're going through many <laughs> styles trying to figure out. <laughs> and I as you get you. older, it changes even more. <laughs> I got you. I got you. <laughs> we can't, I can't wear the ponytails that my mom used to put in my hair growing up, the berets uh -huh. and the... <laughs> Yeah. So 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 my somebody says, unless I magically turn into a black woman, I'll never understand what you have to do to, to maintain your hair to keep it from damaging it. I get that. I get that woman. And, and I'm not arguing that by any shape or form. What I am saying is that when you find that style, why do you change it? If it's not damaging your hair, even if it weren't damaging your hair, if it was easily manageable, if your husband or your mate liked it, you would still change it. And there's a reason. My question is, why? I've given why? you a plethora of reasons. No, no, no. That you don't I've, like. I've, I've, I've eliminated those reasons. I've eliminated. Unless you're telling me there, unless you're telling me there is no one hairstyle that can both make you look attract, help you look attractive, or that can be appealing to your mate, that can be less damaging to your hair and relatively, relatively easy to manage. You're telling me that there is no such style. I'm telling you that black hair is complicated. So even is there such a style? So, but so, so I'm saying that even if you think that there is such a style, like say the slick again, the slick back ponytail that you like to use, to say, tell me, Sonia, I like the slick back ponytail. Is that easily manageable? I'm gonna tell you what it costs to do, to do the slick back ponytail. But because you like it, I'll make sure to throw that in every now and then. But that cannot be the style that I will consistently wear. One honest woman on our. Feet, says personally <laughs> i like to switch it up thank you thank you for being honest because it's it doesn't so matter because the truth of the matter is it doesn't matter if it's something that your man likes or not you personally like to switch your hairstyle up you want to look different and don't put that burden on a man when the reality is is that it's your personal preference not necessarily that man's preference because you think that he's tired of looking at your hair that way if you think he's tired asking do you do you still like my hair like this before you change it maybe how often do you consult with your man before you change your hairstyle and if he gives you his honest feedback are you is it really going to matter that much to you so you get this whole 
this whole burden thing about the hair, but you still carry the burden all by yourself. You place the you burden on yourself it, no. I mean, and then you carry it by has, yourself. Society, again, the Crown Act is being built for a reason. Society has expectations and puts burden on Black women as it relates to their hair. I'm, because again, I'm, with you. I'm not saying it's, it's all a man's fault. I'm saying it's a society thing too that we have to deal with. Okay. Why don't we dip? So, so since we can't change society as a whole, why don't we start by changing our own inward issues? The reason why, why don't we start exploring why do I have to change my hair so often? Why do I have to keep getting a whole different look? What compels me to do that? Because it's probably not my man who's compelling me to do it, especially not if he's my 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 husband. I would promise you, most husbands well, again, you probably are not compelling their wives to change their hair. And that I'm often. saying you have women that get dreads that would that because even in our family we've got people that get dreads. That's their one style that they are maintaining for the rest of their life. Um, but again, I'm telling you, again, society. There have been people that have lost their jobs because of dreads. And so that's yeah. why I'm like, you think this is like the simple one-stop answer, and it's not, as it relates to black hair. All I'm simply saying, Sonia, is let's change the things that we can change. And the only <laughs> thing that you can change is your own internal issues regarding this. And you can never change those until you acknowledge them. But, so. but again, if society is oppressing you, it's limiting oppressing your ability. That's why the Crown Oppressive. Act is being... Yes, that's why the Crown Act is being proposed legislation because it's a problem. And you think it's just with... their jobs because of their hair. Oh, you think it? Well, you I don't agree, think that's an issue. That. Okay, that's think, what I'm saying. I that is an, an issue. issue. I think Thank it's an you. issue. I think it's an issue for anybody to come into my office with bed head, you know, <laughs> white, Stop black, it. male, Stop female, it. whatever. That's I have a not problem. What, that's, those aren't the issues that are coming for. There are people that have said, I have lost my job because I started wearing dreads. Um, there are the, nah. the, again, I'm telling there, there, you, that's why the crown. There's no, no, maybe that's why the crown. I'm, I'm telling sure you, also are. as someone who has read these cases, and the employer has said, we're yes, not talking about the workplace. Dreadlocks. We're talking about relationships. <laughs> but the work, the workplace. We're talking if, about if I can't male if female I can't wear relationships. My hair in a, if, if I can't wear dreads in the workplace, then yes, I'm going to continue to change up my hair because I can't <laughs> wear dreads. That's that's a whole different. That's a whole the, the workplace is a whole different conversation. conversation. But that's part of this conversation as to why women change their hair i mean that's, i'm saying okay. this is a society thing you want to so, you, you want to think that it's all about the men i'm saying it's not all about men okay it's a society so they're, thing they're like 20 different factors there are 20 different factors or whatever that you've named today there's only one of them maybe that you can change question is, <laughs> but, but is can again, you do the work I would on much, that i would much rather get my bread than you know be able to have my hair the same style every day i, I will take let me you know, change my style up so I can get this job versus, okay, let me not get the job, be broke, but enjoy dreadlocks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, but to your, to that point though, that looking at Katanji Brown Jackson, she is one that you would probably appreciate because she said, let me get these thin braids. I'm aware that that will be my consistent hairstyle. And I'm going to go be the Supreme Court Justice of the United States. <laughs> 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 and me and my thin braids and, and I'm sure and I, I got the, my white husband who who's good with it so. yeah. <laughs> and I don't think I don't I don't know if those are her natural braids or not but she found a style that she's probably going to wear for a long time without changing it up uh, because it's probably manageable it looks nice on her her husband probably likes it why change it? Why bring the bird? She, and, and you see the smart people in this world have learned to do that. Learn to recognize that hey, if this is a simple. What are you trying to say? Simple, <laughs> 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 we got to end on trying to call me dumb. I got you. I got you, Dr. Williams. After you tried to compliment my hair, what? now you're saying, hey. No, no, no. But you need to go find something more consistent so that I don't have to keep seeing you change up your hair every weekend. <laughs> No, I'm just saying, I'm just making an observation. Her, her, uh, the presence of her being smart does not mean that you're not because you don't do what she does. But I'm saying that's what smart people do. So, well, 
we are definitely out of time. We'll have to pick up this conversation again and maybe we get some um, experts, some hairstylists or some dermatologists to get on the show and be able, because I'm sure they talk to their clients and they maybe they can better answer your question since you didn't like my answers. Well, I just, I just wanted to approach it this time from the standpoint of relationship, uh, male-female relationship, because Black men would want their women to, let me just say this one more time, Black men want their Black women to be their authentic self. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We are here every Saturday at 11 a.m. Um, Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. Also catch us on your favorite podcast. And until next week, thanks so much for tuning in. This has been another episode of the Roundtable Consult. Listen to this or other episodes at your convenience on your favorite podcast directory or listening app. Or catch us live every Saturday morning, 10 a.m. Central Standard Time, 11 a.m. Eastern at facebook.com forward slash roundtable consult. Tune in live and join the conversation.